What's going on, guys? So I wanted to give you, my podcast listeners, the people that are really supporting my dreams here, I wanted to give you just a little bit of a sneak peek at uh, what will be this week's um, three potential upsets and three potential locks post in a podcast form. So let's get into it, and I'll get to be able to get into it in more detail here than I will on the post because I just basically just post the the picks normally, and maybe give like a brief reasoning why. So this week it was kind of difficult to come up with these because there's not a lot of uh, locks per se that I feel really really comfortable with. Like even um, I'm gonna get right into it with the locks. Okay, so the first one is the Vikings over the Cowboys. This one was the last one I chose. And it's one that even though I feel very confident that the Vikings will beat the Cowboys, it's sort of a sneaky, sneaky um, play because like I wouldn't bet on the Vikings to cover, even though I kind of think they will. I think I'd pick them to not cover by like one point in my uh, predictions. But the reasoning here is because the Cowboys are coming off a bye, right? They're, excuse me, they're getting Andy Dalton back. You know, take that for what you will. But they're coming off a bye. They're getting Andy Dalton back. And it just seems like, you know, if Mike McCarthy wants to be a coach next year, they have to win a few games. Okay. They can't just, you know, if they, they think they've won two games so far, they can't finish two and 14 or maybe even three and 13 and expect Mike McCarthy to have his job. So I think we will see an all out, you know, pull out all the stops type of game from Mike McCarthy in an effort to save his job. So this does scare me just a little bit. But when I looked at everything else and, uh, you know, at the other games, it was tough for me to justify choosing anything other than this. I'm sorry, anything for the third lock. It was tough for me to justify any other game over this one. So, um, you know, I thought about the Chargers over the Jets, but look, the Jets are winless. You know, Adam Gase is in the same boat. He's got to come out and play. Uh, Coach, he's got to pull out all the stops. Joe Flacco actually played well last time we saw him play a couple weeks ago against the Patriots. So um, that one and the Jets defense is decent. It's not bad, especially with Ashton Davis now getting some playing time. Thank God he balled out of his mind. So um, he played phenomenally against the Patriots. But anyways, uh, that's why I didn't choose that one. And that's why I'm, I'm just a little bit hesitant for the Vikings Cowboys. But I am Obviously, when you look at what the Vikings have done, they've had a top five defense out of nowhere over the last few weeks. And the Cowboys have struggled offensively. So it's like everything lines up to where you, you know, you obviously want to pick the Vikings here. But I'm just telling you now that this game has a weird, fearful feeling to it when I when I, you know, put it out there for a lock. So um, anyways. Chiefs over Raiders are another lock to me, and I don't mean any disrespect to Raiders fans, but take a look at Andy Reid's record after a bye, okay? He doesn't particularly lose, (laughs) and when you also consider that a Raiders win in this game would mean that the Raiders swept the Kansas City Chiefs, like what are the odds of that happening, okay? The Chiefs are not going to, this is not a trap game, they're going to go into this game knowing that it's essentially almost going to be treated like a must-win game after a bye week for the Chiefs, okay? So I am confidently picking the Chiefs here. Uh, I'm not necessarily, if I was going to bet on this game, I don't know if I'd bet bet on them to cover, but I think I, I mean, what is it, seven points? Yeah, I think I I probably would. Um, I just, I also have a ton of respect for the Raiders, but I just think that, you know, Andy Reid off a bye week against a team that you don't want to lose to a division opponent 
you know, you don't want to get swept, right? And when you're the better football team, which I don't think anybody would deny the Chiefs are the better team, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, in my opinion, by narrow margin over the Steelers, I might add. But still, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL. So that is a very, um, you know, it's just that to me, I don't mean any disrespect to Raiders fans, and I understand you're the home team, and that does matter, even without fans. But I'm taking the Chiefs with, and I'm calling them a lock, and I'm doing it with a decent amount of confidence. I don't think Mahomes will have another bad game against the Raiders. I think that it will be more, um, potentially more, Le- it'll be kind of the Le'Veon Bell show, potentially at least. So that is interesting to me, and I think this Chiefs defense is really good. And I'm also sort of interested in the under in this game. I could see like a, you know, 28-21 type of game, and I think the over-under is like 57.5 or something like that for this one. So that's a lot of points, and it's that's for two defenses, the Raiders and Chiefs, that are both top five in scoring lately over the last three games. So um, I think the Chiefs give up like 18 and change per game, and the Raiders give up like 14.2. So... That, uh, to me, even though both offenses are obviously good, that's a lock, in my opinion. But Chiefs over Raiders is a lock for me. Okay, next one, and this one is probably the most predictable one of this week, which is the Steelers over the Jaguars. Now, as I was choosing this one, I had this weird feeling that, like, to me, and it's just off memory, but don't the Steelers typically struggle with Jacksonville? Like, hasn't, I think... I think, I mean, they beat him in the playoffs a couple years ago um, when Jacksonville went on to play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. They did beat the Steelers in that one. So, like, Jaguars to me are like, obviously, they're not quite good just yet, but what they are is scrappy. And that's the reason I don't think Doug Marone should get fired. You know, I think James Robinson is, is a guy that has the potential to run all over the Steelers defense because, as great as I think they are, they have allowed a ton of rush yards over the last three weeks. It's like 180 or something crazy. It's like it's hard to even fathom. But, um, you know, overall, man, I, I have to call this one a lock because the Steelers are undefeated. They had a scare a couple weeks ago against Dallas that I think will be fresh enough in their minds that combined with the fact that the Jaguars almost beat Green Bay in Green Bay last week. I think those things will will give Mike Tomlin the kind of uh, you know motivation he he can show them and and try and just make sure that they come out ready to play. And also, it's an AFC opponent, so you don't want to lose to an AFC opponent because that may be the difference between a one and two seed eventually. Because the the Chiefs, even though you're undefeated, Pittsburgh, the Chiefs are one game behind you, and I'm not quite sure the Chiefs are going to lose another game. You know what I mean? So. Um, obviously, the Chiefs will be favored in every game they play from here on out. So Pittsburgh, um, it's weird because even though they're undefeated at 9-0, and so over half a season where they haven't lost, I almost feel like they have to win. And that's a testament to the Chiefs and, um, you know, just also the fact that they're in a great division with the Ravens who, yes, the Ravens are three games behind them now, but you don't want to start losing, especially when you have to play the Ravens again. So... It's almost the weird if, you know, half-ass must win for the Steelers. And I think that they're going to come out and just impose their will on the Jaguars. I don't I don't think Pittsburgh is losing this week. They're a lock to win, as a matter of fact. So I, I, I like the Jaguars. I'm rooting for Jake Luton. I liked him a lot as a prospect, and I had him highly graded. I thought he could be, potentially become an NFL starter. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jake, 
this is a bad week for you, brother. <laughs> this is a bad week. I mean, the Steelers defense is just, they are relentless too. I like I posted this stat the other day. I think they're they're tackling the opponent behind the line of scrimmage on almost a third of their plays. Think about that. One of every three plays, essentially, it's it's not there, but it's close to that. One of every three plays, you're being tackled behind the line of scrimmage. You're losing yards, whether it be a sack or just a tackle for loss. So that's how, you know, and, and that's how good this defense is. But that's also why it's so encouraging to think that they aren't playing their best right now. Like they're not playing their best right now. And they are still tackling people behind the line of scrimmage, one out of every three plays. Imagine when they, you know, tighten everything up completely, which they will do, I promise. They're only going to get better defensively, barring injuries, knock on wood. Um, Yeah, so Pittsburgh, to me, is a lock of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, now for my upsets of the week. Um, Again, similar to the locks this week, this was a little bit hard because I was trying to stay away from, like, you know, a team is a one point underdog or, you know what I mean? I don't want to call the Packers over the Colts an upset, right? Just because, well, number one, I know that it'll, it'll yield me a bunch of comments from you guys saying the Packers is not an upset and, and right. But my point was in past weeks when I've done something similar to that, it's like, yeah, but they're the underdogs, technically speaking, right? So this week I tried to go a little bit more on the, you know, total definition of underdog. So basically three point spreads or more. Um, and so the first one is the Eagles over the Browns. Why do I think that? Well, I think it because number one, Miles Garrett's out, right? Number two, the Eagles are basically in must win territory now that they lost that game to the Giants, especially because now they don't have a big lead and they're three, five and one. So you don't want to keep losing even if you even if it means you still get first place, you don't want to keep losing games. You want to start winning some games, start playing better football before the playoffs. So, um, and the main reason is because I know at some point the Eagles are going to realize Doug Peterson is going to realize that they're running the ball really well. And maybe just maybe you should stop throwing it on 70% of your plays or whatever it is. Like, you know, you should stop having a two-to-one pass-to-run ratio. You got your running backs averaging eight yards a carry, man, like over the last couple of games. So it's like just give them the damn ball and take some pressure off Carson Wentz and then allow Carson Wentz to play off play action a little bit. You know what I mean? Get those linebackers so can, like allow them to throw into some open spots of the field because Carson Wentz has a ton of talent, guys. Like, I've never been, you know, totally sold on him as an elite player, but he has a bunch of talent. You know, just I just think it's those reasons are the one. And also because Philly has a great defense. In my opinion, their defense is awesome. And they could make things really difficult on Baker Mayfield. If they get, if mark my words, if they come out, run the ball or whatever, just they score the first touchdown of the game, go up 7 0 it's going to be their chances to win go up tremendously because if they can just play with the lead, run the ball, those two things take a ton of pressure off your quarterback. And what those two things also do is apply a ton of pressure on the opposing quarterback, which is Baker Mayfield. 
in games where Baker Mayfield has had to come from behind, they've mainly been smoked. You know what I mean? So um, he hasn't shown that he can do that this year or last year. We saw it a little bit his rookie year, but that seems like a long time ago. So I'm a Baker fan. You know, I'm still a believer. I like him coming out of OU, but I'm not confident in that belief right now. Like he's, you know, he's been playing well as of late, but the Browns have not been allowing almost any pressure on him. They, um, he's one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, but if the Eagles get a lead and they can at least challenge the run early to, to you know, force some, um, third and longs, third and eight pluses, that's where they have a chance to really separate themselves in this game. And that's why I think that they really have a chance to win this game. So run the ball, Philly, if you run the ball, and if you can at least be respectable against the run, right? Don't allow 150 yards like you have last three weeks. You know, allow, I mean, it's tough to shut this Browns run game down, but if you can just at least force, you know, a handful of third and eight pluses and then take advantage of those situations, then I, I don't see any reason why you can't win, especially because, look, they, the Browns are without Miles Garrett for this game. Like this has upset potential upset written all over it. So I would definitely be wary if I'm a Browns fan. All right. Next one on my list here is Titans Ravens. So Tennessee beat Baltimore handily in the playoffs last year in Baltimore. That matters to me, right? Um, the Ravens have been struggling lately somewhat, right? They, they, I thought Lamar played maybe his best passing game of the season last week against the Patriots, and that's not easy to do, especially in that weather in New England, okay? Um, but Tennessee is as desperate as you can get for a win because, as I've mentioned several times on this podcast, they don't their schedule doesn't get any easier. You know what I mean? They're, they can't afford to, oh, it's, you know, it's a, tough opponent like they have a tough opponent every week now damn near so they're in a must-win scenario and if there was and i picked them to win on yesterday's preview predictions if you guys listen to that podcast and the reason is because i don't think baltimore can stop derrick henry and if you can't stop derrick henry and then you have to overcompensate to stop derrick henry Tannehill and aj brown are going to get you or whoever it is at receiver because the Ravens want to be ultra aggressive and they want to blitz the hell out of you, right? Well, if you're doing that to the Titans, their play action game is where they, you know, is really where they're dangerous. And that's really where their big plays come from. So to me, it's very possible for Tennessee to win this game. And I think that the fact that the Ravens are six point favorites, or at least last time I checked, they were six point favorites, to me is outlandish. The more I think about it, the more I just think that's completely ridiculous from Vegas' standpoint. Like, I think that the Titans, I mean, I'm not going to say the Titans should be favorites. Absolutely not. They should definitely be the underdogs. But to have them as six-point underdogs against a team that they, you know, completely manhandled, you know, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to Ravens fans, but they, the Titans beat you guys up last year. And I know that's a different year, but you could argue that that was a better Ravens team. And couple that with the fact that the Titans have been very good against the run lately and that they are the one of the most, they're sort of like the AFC's version of the Seahawks 
defensively in that, you know, you're not going to quite call them a good defense, but they're good against the run. And what are they? They're opportunistic. So if you make a mistake, they're going to they're going to pick it off. You throw an interceptable pass, they're going to pick it. You know, they're top 10 off the top of my head. I believe they're top 10 in interceptions there. They were a couple weeks ago. Right? They, they, they get turnovers and they make plays when they need to defensively. So um, obviously they're burnable, but you have to be careful and not, you know, you can't put the ball in harm's way against them. So I picked the Titans to win against Baltimore. It's because I think Derrick Henry's going to go 30 plus carries for 150 yards. I really do. I really do. Um, and I think there will be at least two, maybe three big pass plays in this game. I don't think Tannehill will be, you know, necessarily good on a consistent down to down basis, but I think there will be a couple of, you know, two or three bigger chunk plays that, um, that help the Titans win this game. So, uh, it's a, you know, again, guys, this is a potential upset. I'm not saying that they're, you know, Oh, I, I guarantee Titans win. I'm just saying they might. And I picked them, but I, I didn't bet money on them, but I picked them, you know? So I'm not trying to be wrong. I promise you that. All right. <laughs> Falcons over saints is my, my last upset pick. And, and I just mentioned on the earlier podcast this morning on the, uh, start sit that, I thought Jameis Winston was going to come in and play, right? And and I don't I don't necessarily think that it's going to be because they're benching Taysom Hill, and it's because I've really thought about this over since my um, preview and predictions podcast. If the and what I said in that podcast was, if the Saints are starting Taysom Hill, it's because they believe he gives them the best chance to win. And I stand by that. But I mean that in the sense that if they actually start him and they give him, you know, the the entire game, right? Like they actually depend on him to play quarterback for the entire game, just like any other starting quarterback would. But the other scenario that I'll throw out is maybe Sean Payton just wanted to kind of have Jameis as no pressure strolling into this week in terms of, you know, the pressure the media puts on you and things like that. And maybe he wanted to kind of have an element of surprise for the game and use that to his advantage, which is very Sean Payton-like thing to do, and which is a very smart thing to do, right? So you say, nah, man, Taysom's starting. Well, no, man, maybe he's not. Maybe he is. So that brings it into where now the Falcons are going to be like, well, I don't know if we're going to game plan solely for Jameis when they're saying that Taysom Hill's starting. You know, it kind of you more so have to prepare for the things that New Orleans does, which, let's be honest, if Jameis is playing, that's a whole, like, you're not going to be able to, you're at a disadvantage, right? And and same thing for Taysom. So either way, it kind of screws with the preparation of the Falcons. And so um, if you prepare for what the Saints do, for example, you're going to prepare for a lot of Drew Brees quick game. Well, I don't think either one of these quarterbacks, if they're starting, is going to be the surgical underneath, you know, passer that Drew Brees is. I think it's going to be more run, run, play action, deep stuff, intermediate stuff. So, um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there. But I think the Falcons can win this game. Why? Well, they're a really good run defense, and they really have been the majority of the season and last year as well. So if they can shut down the Saints run game, which they, you know, on paper could do, then it becomes a, the Saints have to beat them with their quarterback. 
if that quarterback is Taysom Hill, I like the Falcons' chances. If that quarterback is Jameis Winston, I don't like the Falcons' chances nearly as much, but I still call this a potential upset because Jameis can throw some picks, right? And I think when that when I when I thought that Jameis Winston was the full fledged starter, I had the Saints winning thirty four to thirty one. When I found out that you know Taysom Hill was the quote unquote maybe starter, I changed my prediction to Falcons win twenty eight twenty four. So I stand by those things, but there is a way, in my opinion, obviously, for the Saints to still lose, even if Jameis is the the guy. And that just comes down to the turnovers. As much as I love Jameis Winston, we cannot deny at this point that he, you know, he turns the ball over. So I don't necessarily think he'll do that consistently like he did in Tampa in this scenario with Sean Payton and with the great offensive line and a great running game. But you can't deny that it's definitely possible. I mean, he just has that in him. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy that, uh, what did he throw, 30 interceptions last year with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? You know what I mean? So in, in a decent offensive line, didn't have a running game, but still. And obviously a lot was put on his plate. But I think that it's um, entirely possible for the Atlanta Falcons to win this game. And if Taysom Hill is the you know every down quarterback, I think they will win this game. And also, when you look at the Saints, their defense is playing much better lately. But the Falcons know they can't run the ball. And to me, that kind of makes things interesting, right? Because I could see, I could definitely see Matt Ryan struggling, you know, mightily against the Saints defense, which he has in the past, in past years, recent past, I should say. But I could also see... I mean, he's been hot lately. The Falcons been have been playing well. I could really see them winning this game, and they're kind of the team that, for whatever reason, over the last couple of years, it takes them to be basically damn near out of playoff contention to start playing their best ball. You know, and and a lot of times that happened with the Panthers a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and lost, and uh, they were trying to sustain success after that point. And they had some struggles, right? Because it just kind of creates this expectation. And then you, you know, you put whatever it is, pressure on yourself, coupled with injuries and this, that, and the other. Next thing you know, you, your coach is fired and you're moving on. So, um, I don't know. Weirdly enough, that's the, that's how the Falcons have been lately. So this is kind of right up their alley to go ahead and get a win in this one. And they'd match up decently well against the Saints. So Falcons are my last potential upset of the week if Jameis plays. I'm I'm sort of back on the Saints bandwagon by just a little bit. If the Falcons, uh, if Taysom Hill is literally their quarterback, I, I think the Falcons win this game. So, anyways, guys, I appreciate you for listening, and um, yeah, share the podcast if you will. Leave a review that all that all really helps. So, anyways, I'm out. Peace.